Hey, Felicia, how are you? Hey, good, how are you? Sorry, I joined on Google Meets. I guess I got confused. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because I said in the message I will be doing the episode via audio. Okay. Yeah, I said I would be sending a link from this app that I use. Okay, all right. I just got the link, so sorry for being a couple minutes late. <laughs> no worries, it's all good. Good morning to you. How are good you? Good morning, I'm good. How are you? Good, just finished eating breakfast not too long ago. Okay, <laughs> what'd you have? So, made scrambled eggs, corned beef hash with hash browns. Oh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so, before we start this, Felicia, I just want to say thank you for accepting my invitation to come on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. So, we're going to get right into it, okay? Sure. Can you hear me okay? Yep. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So, your first question is, talk about your life story from, like, your childhood all the way up to now. Sure. So, I was born in Methuen, Massachusetts. I was born to... A Vietnamese immigrant, my mother, who got pregnant with me as a teenager, and my father was a, a, a Vietnamese organized crime boss. What? <laughs> yes. Mm. He was ethnically Chinese, but he immigrated from Vietnam. They ran away to have me out of wedlock, and my mother didn't realize what kind of business he was in until they eloped together. Essentially, I was born into this chaotic lifestyle. And my father at the time was actually uh, charged with armed robbery and then sentenced, but ended up escaping that, that lower security prison. So the three of us lived life on the run as outlaws for almost a decade actually. Uh, then, you know, ultimately, my father went away, got caught. My mother uh, and I, at this point, I had I was an older sister to uh, one younger sister and my youngest brother. And we struggled for a little bit trying to get back up on our feet. I would say a lot, actually. And I ended up putting all, a lot of my energy, a lot of my focus into academics. That's kind of how I coped with everything that was going on in the trauma. I found myself attracted to medicine. I later got into medical school and where I my husband became a critical care anesthesiologist. And now I currently practice in Pennsylvania and I have four young kids. Nice, nice. Well, I'm glad you were able to overcome your, like, everything that was going on when you were younger in your life with your dad and stuff like that. Um, I'm just glad you turned out to be um, the person you wanted to be today. You have your own family and everything and career and all that stuff. So you were able to overcome your circumstances, their environment around you. Absolutely. I was able to overcome it. I was able to come to peace with it. I went through a lot of 
healing and forgiveness, which actually allowed me to tell my story in writing. And that's how I came to publish my memoir about these years in my past. Got you. Like I always say, everybody has a story. You just got to get out there and have people listen to it. Exactly. Everybody has a story. So your next question is talk about the importance of self-motivation and self-improvement. For me, self-motivation and self-improvement is a constant thing. It never stops. And for I, I don't believe that at the core of it, that anybody else can motivate me. So for, it really is driven by how proactive I am and recognizing what I need to do every day in order to be happy, um, which, you know, that includes self-motivation and self-improvement. I'm in a field where I, there, hmm, it's high acuity, you know, there are a lot of stakes. I have to be on my best game every day. I have to be motivated every day. So I have found things that work for myself. I know that I need to get my endorphins out and work out for 20 minutes, at least a day. I know that I have to find a few minutes to meditate amidst the hectic schedule and the pressure um, and juggling multiple different duties as a mom, I have to find a few minutes where I, it's silence and I just, I'm, I'm still and I'm listening to the universe. Uh, and initially I was having a really hard time doing that every day because there's only so many hours and that, and because I know that I need it for my own self-motivation, I wake up before the kids do and I create that time to do the things I know I need to do to be the best version of myself every day. So it's a 4.30 a.m. alarm clock, getting on, getting into the gym and then spending some time meditating before the day even starts. Oh, it's important to have... A work and home balanced life. Definitely. There's no such thing as, for me, there's no such thing as balance for a working mom, but right. we do our best. <laughs> <laughs> That's all you can do. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Shout out to all the mothers out there, man. <laughs> so, your next topic is talk about your writing and publishing process. My writing process is definitely unique. I was I started writing during COVID when everything was shut down and we weren't really doing too much outside of the home. I was writing every Saturday night for a couple of hours after the kids went to bed. I would dedicate just, you know, one or two hours writing here and there. And after a year, I really didn't have much. I had about 30 pages, but I finally showed it to my husband and he was like, you have to finish this. You have to write the book like beginning to end. So I eventually, we, I was pregnant with my third baby and my husband was able to take one month paternity leave and I was planning to take three months of maternity leave. 
And he essentially said, this is the time we have off together. I can take care of the kids. You have the baby and then you go right. So, so <laughs> that's what we did. I had a baby 72 hours later. I handed the baby off to my husband. We had booked a, a studio Airbnb like an hour away in Philadelphia. I checked in. I sat in there for three weeks <laughs> and wrote the book. I left with a, a complete manuscript. Uh, I came back and then we just were looking for places that were interested in publishing my story with the caveat that I wanted to keep all of my creative rights. I truly believe that the book is just the beginning. So if anything were to transform and my story evolves or uh, it becomes something more than my memoir, then I want to create, I want to have creative control. So I only want, I didn't go with traditional publishing because they take all of the creative rights. I went with a, a hybrid publisher where we both invest into the project and it's, it's more work. It's certainly more work. There's nobody, they are giving you feedback, but I rewrote all of my own edits, not a professional because it was my story and that was important to me. And then six months later, I signed with a, a hybrid comp, a hybrid company out in Austin, Texas. And here we are. <laughs> nice. Nice. Um, also, talk about the importance of getting your story out there for people to hear. Like, what? why do you want to share your story? Yeah, so I think, like you said, everybody has their own story. And right. for, for me, that process of discovering the power in my story was life-changing. It changed my perspective. It changes uh, my gratitude. Uh, it changes my, my balance, my, you know, my self-awareness, all of it. And I want to share my story so that others can find insight in their own, reflect on their own past and everything that they've gone through and find the power and positivity in it and really hold on to that part of it so that they can be a, a better version of themselves. I hope that my story can inspire some people and, and motivate them. Um, that is the, the ultimate goal. Honestly, I feel like you definitely will motivate a lot of people because we've all been through uh, some ups and downs in our life. Definitely some mental or physical, so all sorts of trauma. And it's always good to be able to make it out on the other side. Absolutely. You know, trauma is just part of the human experience. It's universal. So everyone should, all my readers should, at, and in some form or fashion, be able to relate to the story I tell in the book. And I hope that they can take the bat, the, the strengths, you know, everyone's become stronger. If you're still alive at the, at the end of it, you know, you are stronger, whether you believe it or not. So I hope that the story and me reaching as many people as possible through podcasts, you know, through speaking engagements, book signings, and the book itself, of course, can uh, bring that out in people. Right. Um, do you plan on writing any more books in the future? 
Right now, there are no plans to write another book. I have been approached about possibly writing a, a, a sequel because the book starts, stops, the story ends at a certain point, and some people are curious about what happens thereafter. And there has been talk about my blog, which is a, a mommy blog called mixedfeelingsmama.com, transitioning into a book. Uh, but right now, no, no solid plans for another book. Got you. She's like, if it happens, I'll let everybody know. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so the next question is, talk about the transition from being single to becoming a wife and motherhood. Uh, so the transition from being single to being a wife, there wasn't, well, I was single, I guess, for a little while. If you consider single, like still being in a relationship, but not married. Right. <laughs> the, the marriage part didn't change for us too much. We were already living together for years. We trained at the same facility to... It, residency where he trained in internal medicine. I trained in anesthesiology and getting married was, didn't change too much because we were already living together. Our days were already merged. Our lives were already intertwined on like heavily. <laughs> the only difference was I had a ring on my finger and I had a, a lot more credit being his wife other than his girlfriend. And then the transition, though, from being married with no children to motherhood it was difficult for me, especially with the first baby. I think we all have an idea what kind of parent we're going to be until you actually have a family and you actually give birth to a baby. Right. And the, that transition was complex and difficult. You know, being a woman, being the woman, you go through the hormones and the maternal drive and all these mixed emotions. And then you incorporate that with the baby needing your body and the pressure of keeping them healthy and safe and happy as well as sleep deprivation, as well as a little bit of strain that it puts on new parents. And the you're trying to navigate what, what kind of parent you're going to be and then what kind of parent your partner is going to be and how you're going to parent together. And you can have as many ideas uh, and how you imagine it to be, but I think like when it actually happens, it's a little bit different. For me, it was difficult. I think with the first baby, I probably had a little bit of postpartum depression that I did not recognize. Um, but, you know, being me, the next baby, and I was proactively preparing when I found out I was pregnant with the second one. So I started going to therapy as soon as I found out I was pregnant. And knowing that I had a hard time with the first one, you know, I did... I am very candid about this. I did start like a prophylactic antidepressant with the second one because there's very little risk in it in the last four weeks of the pregnancy to see if that would help. And then I was extremely self-aware with the second baby. So, you know, the second, third, fourth baby was a little bit easier than the first one, but I did have a hard time with the first one. You know, I'm 
I'm used to being extremely independent. And then you have a baby and at the beginning, it almost feels like you don't have any freedom at all. You know, there's a, a lot of love and dedication behind being a mother, but that that first baby's tough. <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. The good part is you got through the difficult times with the first one. So when you had your next couple, if you were more prepared the second, third time around. So exactly. You know what to expect. I understood who I was and what I needed. So I did all the things that I needed to do to ensure my happiness. Absolutely. And it also helps you have a great support system at home too. So I do. My husband is extremely, extremely supportive. That's awesome. So your next question is, what is your relationship with your mother today? My mother and I have a great relationship. So after the first baby, she actually came to visit me and then didn't move out essentially for three more years. (laughs) (laughs) So she was living with me and she was helping me raise these kids. And our relationship is it's fine. She just recently moved out because we got with the fourth baby, we got a no pair and she needed a little bit of her own time as well. So we talk almost every day. She's my best friend. <laughs> uh, and we have a, a great relationship. That's awesome. So during your like schooling years, would you say you were popular? Would you say you kept to yourself? What would you describe your school years? It depends on which part of my school years. During my younger years, during yes. the, that takes place in the book, I was extremely introvert. I was timid. I had gone through a lot of trauma. I couldn't relate to a lot of other kids that had normal childhood experiences. And I went through every day without saying one word. and I went through a little bit of bullying during that time. I was quiet. I kept my nose in a book, and that's all I cared about. I think later on, when my my dad went away, and I felt a little bit more comfortable, and life was starting to, quote, unquote, normalize, I I had a pretty... um, traditional high school years you know I wouldn't say I was popular but I had a good core circle of friends and I continued to focus on my academics so I always put education first um but there certainly was a transition on on what kind of schooling experience I had uh during the traumatic years compared to later on in high school Right. It's just like we spoke at the beginning, you've been through a lot of ups and downs and it just helps, like I said earlier, to have people that really love and care about you when you're going through the tough times. Yes, um, I agree. Um, I, I agree with that. You know, unfortunately, I didn't have a lot of that growing up, I would say. Right. Um having that is important but at the end of the day your happiness your survival all all depends on yourself i totally agree because 
you know what you like and don't like. You know who you want around you, who you don't want around you. It really comes down to you as a person. It comes down to you. No one's going to prioritize your happiness. The only person that will is yourself. Right, because you only get one life and you don't want to walk around this earth being mad, sad, and feeling lonely all the time. Yes. So my next question, um, out of your kids, do you feel like they all take your personality or they take some traits from your husband? Oh, they definitely take some traits from my husband. <laughs> well, <first laughs> they all look like my husband. <laughs> really? <laughs> At least I think so. You know, okay. I see my husband in all four of them more than I see myself. And, and then as personality-wise, you know, my oldest, Skylar, she, she loves to read, which is a little bit of us both. But I, I think I see myself in her. She's obsessed with books and reading. I, and that's me. Um, Ma Maverick, my second one, he is like a happy-go-lucky easygoing boy, like always smiling. And that's certainly me. <laughs> and Naomi, she's a fierce little, she knows exactly what she wants and she's fierce. So, and she, she has no like decision-making uh, qualms about herself. So that, that's me. I know exactly what I want. I don't hesitate at all. And then Zuri, you know, she's only like nine months right now. <laughs> so it's hard to say, but she's very curious and she likes to be active and involved and in trying to keep up with the older ones. Uh, and I would say that energy, uh, you could see that in me as well. <laughs> but they, they, nice. all, they all have a little bit of us both. And then That's a nice mix. <laughs> <laughs> You gotta love kids, especially as they get older. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So what, as your kids get older, speaking of, what life lessons do you want to give them so they can use those tools to be able to survive in this crazy world that we live in? Yeah. Oh, there's so many, right? Right. There's, I... I wish I could give them all the tools, but right now we focus a lot of building their foundation of like confidence, um, especially in our day and age where social media and technology is such a huge part of our day-to-day -day activities. We do focus on their confidence. So we use a lot of daily affirmations. We don't allow the word can't in this house. You can swear, but you can't use the word can't. <laughs> <laughs> we uh all of our books the characters look like them um so they're brown you know they're all shades of brown they're mixed they're asian they're black you know they're hispanic uh because representation is extremely important so we use those tools to create a foundation of confidence because you know as they get older they're going to step out into this world that's that's only going to, and not to be negative, but try to strip away at that. And we want to create such a strong foundation that 
once they do step out into the world and they're a little bit more independent that despite whatever is going on, it's so built inside of them and a part of them that nobody can tell them any otherwise. Um, so that's extremely important for us. Um, and then, you know, I want them to understand the, what my husband and I went through to create this kind of family. It, and I, I think about this all the time, you know, my husband and I, we didn't go half, go through half as many struggles that, that our parents went through as immigrants. And then our children will not go through half as many struggles that my husband and I went through in just two generations. We go from really gritty, resilient experience to a very comfortable lifestyle that our, our children have. And that's, you know, a testament to the family and dynamic in the future my husband and I have created for them. But I don't want them to forget that because it was a huge part of how my husband and I got here and our strength. So we do want to share our stories, you know. We want to be open about it. I'll let them read the book at, at a certain age so that they understand that there's grit and resilience in their DNA. Um, and that there's so many other things, you know, and just like, there are so many tools we're trying to give them. And if you go on my, on my blog, I, I talk about them. I try to dissect them one blog post at a time because there's just so much and there's not enough time and not enough effort and honestly like some of the things we don't even know how to do <laughs> <laughs> bring on the go and we're doing our best we're we're showing them that mommy and daddy are equal you know from the gender perspective we think that's really important so mommy and daddy both work mommy and dad both change diapers, make bottles, make dinner, clean the house, do laundry, you know? So that's another thing we've been really aware about as well. You know, the list goes on and on and on, but those those things are what's top of mind right now. <laughs> the most important thing I feel is you guys are starting early in their life. So the foundation is there and is they have something to go back on as they get older. Yes. Exactly. We start very early. We think it's like those, that brain, those synapses, that confidence, it starts straight out of the womb, you know, that ex whatever exposure we decide that we can control. Right. I'm the same way with my kids. I tell them, I'm like, the, this world is it's not going to be easy that you're going into as you get older. You're going to have your ups and downs. And I let them know, I'm like, you can do anything you want in your life. And there's going to be some people from time to time to tell you otherwise. You just have to keep moving forward. Exactly. You don't listen to those people. You believe in who you are. You don't listen to those people. They're just noise. That's right. And if you block out that noise, you'll be just fine. Yep. And you have to be very you know, conscious about the people that you include in your circle. Only the people that uplift you and support you, believe in you, listen to you, care about you. Everybody else can fall by the wayside. That's it. That's why I often say to people, too, it's like you're not going to be able to please everybody. Not everybody's going to be happy with the decisions that you make. So you just have to press on. Mm -hmm. Exactly.
So my last question to you is, what would your current self say to your younger self? What advice? Um, I would tell her, uh, you, <laughs> this is exactly where you're supposed to be. You belong here, you know? Um, I think when I was younger, I did have some insecurities about who I was going to be, what kind of woman I would become my future. And my older self would tell her, you belong here. You're supposed to be here. Just believe in that and let the rest go. Sound like sound advice to me. <laughs> <laughs> so at this point in my pod, I always turn it over to my guests and you can ask me any question that you want. Uh, how did you, what inspired you to start doing this? So that's the question everybody asks. So what started as just a hobby at first, uh, like interviewed some of my like closest friends just to get the vibe and get the hang of it, see if I would like it at first. And then after that, um, I listened to like variety of different like podcasts, what it has to do with like business, sports, finance, uh, mysteries, anything. I like to soak up much information as I can. And then as time went on, I would start interviewing people from around the world and different walks of life, uh, sharing their stories with me, just going back and forth, sharing uh, information and just getting to know people. And the more and more I did it, the more and more I started falling in love with the whole process. And it's been two and a half years and it's just great. Wow. That's great. I'm, I'm so glad you stuck with it. You're probably giving a lot of people perspective and positivity when they listen. I try my best. I always try to make my episodes all about the person I'm interviewing. I try to make them feel comfortable. Like we're in the same room talking. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. You definitely have that personality. Well, I appreciate the compliment. Thank you. Yeah, of course. So, and then I'll ask you one more question. If you, go for it. If you believed in this, what, who or what do you think you were in a past life? Oh, wow, wow. Never been asked that one before. <laughs> Sheesh. Who was I in a previous life? Like, would you say like a normal person or celebrity or what would you mean? What? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, so when I was younger, I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to be like Michael Jordan. So I would have to say him. <laughs> In your past life, you were Michael Jordan? Absolutely. In a previous life. <laughs> absolutely so now I flip it back at you who would you say you were in a previous life <laughs> I you know I I feel like I'm all all types of things I think that when you're drawn to something like you said like to basketball I, I sometimes you don't understand why and I wonder if it's because it, you were like in a past life doing it 
and even some of like the fears that you might have, like people that fear heights, like in a past life, did that somehow influence, did you bring that into your, your current life and you don't totally understand it, right? right. So I certainly think that I was probably like a, a Spanish gypsy in a past life. Really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, you know, there's something about, I mean, my husband's uh, Hispanic. So there's something about the Hispanic culture that I like just, love like I feel comfortable in and I love their music and their language and you know their dance and all that stuff and I I and I have then the gypsy part comes from like this deep desire to like travel the world see the world always be on the go um so I think that's I I probably was a Spanish gypsy <laughs> that's very interesting <laughs> <laughs> But at the same time, for some reason, I believe I can see you doing it. Yeah. <laughs> so what would your husband say if you told him that? Um, He would probably have to agree. <laughs> <laughs> like, all right, babe, you right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, man. So before... We end this. Um, is there any last message you would like to leave with the listeners? Do you have anything new coming up on Horizon? Besides, I know you say you're not writing a book. Do you have anything else going on? And do you want to share your social media handles as well? Uh, yes. So I'll leave. I'll leave saying that. You know, take a little bit of time, reflect, and find the power in your story find it um, and then nourish it. Um, the upcoming things I have going on are airing of a few different podcast episodes. And then I have two Barnes and Noble book signings coming up in the Lehigh Valley, Pennsylvania area on April 22nd and July 29th. Uh, I also have a book trailer coming out um, you can find my book on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, anywhere books are available. Spirit of a Hummingbird, Memories from a Childhood on the Run. You can also get a signed copy straight from my blog website, www.mixedfeelingsmama.com. And you can find me on so uh, Instagram is my main platform in social media, which is at Latin for happiness underscore MD. Um, and that's it. Sure, y'all follow her. She has a compelling story, I'm telling you. <laughs> so I just want to say once again, Felicia, thank you so much for accepting my invitation to come on the podcast. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I'm happy to come on any other time. <laughs> Oh, sounds good to me. You heard that. You heard that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely have to do it again because I feel like for some reason another book is going to be coming out in the, in the near future for you. I just have a feeling. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> so I want you to enjoy the rest of your weekend. Um, I would say don't work too hard, but you already do that. <laughs> stops yeah that's right especially for parents yup <laughs> <laughs> very true
So enjoy the rest of your weekend and be safe. You too. Bye-bye. Bye.